from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Well, the dentist might have started the show with inspiring me for the next mixtape. Oh, yeah? I feel like I feel like Toad the Wet Sprockets, All I Want, would be one of the songs that you would hear on the last faint FM signal on Earth. Like, let's say there's a the virus wipes out everybody on this planet. Oh, okay. Okay. We're talking like I am legend status. Well, I was going to say Wally. Wally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely Wally. And as Wally is cruising around waiting for Eve to show up, mm-hmm. right? Spoiler he, alert. <laughs> well, you don't know what happens with Eve. That's true. Just saying. You don't know that they fall in love and zoom around space. Regardless, what? Movie was very depressing. I don't no, know how you got through the first thirty the, minutes. The of first, it. the first thirty minutes of Wally with no music other than you know what he hears on a tape and things like yeah. that is one of the most. It's like, quite a test. Whoa, it's not. It's it doesn't hit you in the gut quite like Up does. No, and that's only like three minutes. Seriously, the, the first five minutes of Up is it will gut you. Okay, if you don't cry in the first five minutes of Up, you're dead inside. Regardless, let's let's envision a scenario for this 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 FM station. And Wally's cruising around doing his trash thing, and he picks up a faint signal from a radio station that's still in automation. Toad the wet sprocket. All I want would be on that radio station. Like it's just one of those. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. It doesn't matter where you hit the seek button and it lands on something. That song is going to get played at some point, without fail. So maybe that's what we call the mixtape, the last FM station on earth. And it has that song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it has to be the last song on the B-side, too. It probably, yeah. I'm trying to think what other songs would absolutely be on there at all times. This, this is a mental exercise I will have to... Maybe when I'm off in a couple of weeks. I'm taking more vacation, Joe. I know this I'm is a shocked. shock to you. This is a shock to you that I'm taking more vacation before the year is out. Maybe I'll spend some time in my detox of Christmas music between Christmas and New Year's. And think about those types of songs. The last FM station. I feel like Archers of Loaf needs to be on there too. No, 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 no. no. I don't think that would be it. Toadie. Now the Toadies might be on there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Some. I don't know. Something to consider. Something to consider. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Anyway, from silly conversation. Actually, this is a conversation that Mike Leach would have had. Honestly. Probably would have enjoyed. He probably, if you would have asked Mike Leach, uh, who passed away at age 61 after complications of. Well, it looked to be a uh, a heart attack. Uh, the the university, Mississippi State, put out a statement on Sunday saying that he experienced what they described as a personal health issue. But multiple reports after that indicated that he had a heart attack and he was put in a hospice and he, after being in critical care and he passed away overnight. And this was a statement from the Leach family through the university saying that Mike was a, quote, giving an attentive husband, father and grandfather. He was able to participate in organ donation 
as a final act of charity. We are supported and uplifted by an outpouring of love and prayers from family, friends, Mississippi State University, the hospital staff, and football fans from around the world. Thank you for sharing in the joy of our beloved husband and father's life. And I guess that's probably the best way to describe Mike Leach. The guy was filled with a joy for a variety of things. He was a curious person. And that's how his curiosity, Julio, reshaped football as you know it from about the year 2000 on, developing this air raid, really forcing football to pass when there were so many football teams that were absolutely okay with eye formations, ground and pound. He opened it up, changed how practices were run, and changed how football was played with the sheer passing numbers that they were putting up at Texas Tech. He reshaped the Big 12 in the grand scheme of things, Texas Tech. Yeah, he's one of the fathers of modern football. And he he, he was one of the la- he will go down as one of the last true characters of college football. Mm-hmm. You know, now you look at the NFL and you see, you know, three and four wides and you see two yard outs and three yard ins and you're like, no one ever did this. Now everyone does it. So it's particularly at the pro level. And that's how far his reach went. And, you know, there's there's nothing also wrong with acknowledging that he was problematic in some of his views. Sure. Some of his practices and how he ended up leaving from uh, Texas Tech in particular. But I would say this about Mike Leach, you, know, you want to localize this, if you will. NC State's won 10 games once in its existence, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, let's be honest about where NC State is in the pecking order in the state of North Carolina. Um and not to not to relitigate our our program status, all this other stuff. But if you look at NC State, you know most people they know North Carolina. Sure. When in basketball season, most people know Duke, right? Mm-hmm. You look at some of the schools where Mike Leach worked. He worked at the NC State version of those states. Yes. Texas Tech is the NC State of the Big Twelve. Washington State mm-hmm. might not even be the NC State of the Pac-12. Like that's a remote outpost. In, in in the Palouse, okay. I think, I think you're you're hitting on the real thing here. Is that he was able to win at places that who could do that? And he won 11 games at Texas Tech in 08. He won 11 games at Washington State in 18. Mm-hmm. So while NC State kind of wanders through the forest trying to find this double digit win season. Mike Leach was the kind of guy, as we talked about yesterday with Tony Bennett, who built a different mousetrap. Yep. I, you know he would be the first one to tell you though that. It's not rocket science. So I, I, he does get credit for pushing the game forward, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is not like he invented, like, the fake punt and never – or, you know, the onside kick or any of this other stuff. He advanced how we think about football, for sure. Mm-hmm. But this is not complicated stuff. You know, when, when you can't run against everybody else, well – Maybe you're better off. Well, having a, and your offensive line isn't that great. Maybe you're better off getting the ball out of your quarterback's hands and letting guys make plays in space. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just got to say it a little bit aloud to realize, okay, you know, this isn't rocket surgery. While he did advance the game, but that's this what was makes not him, rocket surgery. But to me, that's what makes him an innovator. Because oftentimes with football, we try to overcomplicate football. And to be clear, he would be the first person to tell you. This is not that complicated. It's not. Yes. And I appreciated that yes. about Mike Leach. He's like, let's just cut this to what this is, mm-hmm. all right? And that's why I viewed him as an innovator. I, I get what you're saying. It's not like he was doing anything that was truly revolutionary, but sometimes getting to the simplicity of the game is revolutionary, okay? Making things dead simple 
in a way, is very, very smart. Also accepting what you can't do. Yes. I can't line up and just overpower so you. here's what I'm so going to do. I got to do something else. Yes. So, so to, to me, he gets a lot of credit for that. And yeah, Mike Leach was in no way, shape, or form a simple person. He was a very complicated person. He's leaving back. He le- he's leaving behind a very complicated legacy as a person. Um, but I will say this about any innovation, any innovator, okay, anybody who operates on that level is going to have some not-so-great moments along the way. I mean, look, all you got to do is go read a Steve Jobs biography. I'm going to go full Colin Coward on here. Reminds me a lot of Apple, okay? Steve Jobs was not a perfect human being. He had a lot of demons. But the guy operated a level that we are benefiting from today. A lot of your innovators, a lot of your pioneers— were not perfect. And in the case of Mike Leach, he clearly operates in that space. And he will be he will be missed as the character that he was, but a lot of his stuff lives on thanks to the internet because of just about every weird Mike Leach moment lives on in video form, from talking about Pac-12 mascots to his thoughts on candy corn to even calling a shot as to where things were going technology-wise five, ten years ago. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. (laughs) We agree. He would have appreciated our candy corn video and Jonathan Rand's I Hate Candy Corn song. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Charlotte Observer covers the Carolina Panthers, Mike K. Mike, what's going on, man? Just getting back from Seattle, trying to trying to get my bearings back after that uh heck hellacious flight i don't know if i'm allowed to say the other one you can so. say hellacious okay hellacious yeah, yeah that's that all good it. fcc lets you do that don't worry about oh, it. oh okay you know i'm just trying to play by the rules here <laughs> i just didn't know if you're assembling your words because the uh the seattle coffees finally got out of your system you know oh man i i think i i walked down downtown walked around downtown seattle for like four or five hours and probably made about six coffee trips Nice. So by Sunday, I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? But much like the Panthers, playoff chances are suddenly wired and ready to go. Mike Kay joining us here. Charlotte Observer covers the Carolina Panthers. So I I, I want, I don't want to make this all about Steve Wilkes, but I do feel like we're at the point now where we can revisit what uh, Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper said about what it would take for Steve Wilkes to be considered for the head coaching job permanently and have that interim tag removed. He's basically made it out to be, had to be this extraordinary thing. Well, I think Wilkes kind of dropped the mic in the press conference on Sunday that you were there for, where you talk about all the things that had gone on for the Panthers season so far. And the, the question as to whether or not they were even trying to tank. And here they are. One of the enemy games against the Saints. So, do you feel like he's done an extraordinary job for David Tepper to take this seriously? I think he's on the cusp of it. I think when you look at what he was given, let's 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 go down what the situation was. I mean, sure. he was handed this job heading into 
a week six game on the road on the West Coast against an LA Rams team that still was pretty healthy and and looked pretty good. Uh, then he had his top wide receiver or his number two wide receiver Robbie Anderson traded after a tirade on on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Then within days, their best player Christian McCaffrey was traded for uh, several draft picks. In my opinion, the right move. Sure. From there. You've had several coaching staff revisions. Matt Rule's taken some guys uh, to Nebraska. But I think if you look at the results, good riddance, right? So um, Steve Wilkes has also dropped some guys off the staff on his own doing. And so I think when you look at what Steve Wilkes in this locker room has overcome, now Matt Rule went out there and said that he never lost the locker room. And I think from a, a straight definition standpoint, that is fair. Was he everybody's sure. favorite guy? No, but I think from a locker room perspective, Steve Wilkes has been able to up the juice in there. And I think they really do believe in him. I talked to Justin Burris who played for him in Cleveland in 2019. And he really uh, emphasized the fact that Steve Wilkes is the type of guy you want to go to war for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and several other players said that Jack Thompson, um, you know, and, and there have been guys throughout the weeks who have said it, not just with this Seattle. It's easy to say that after a win, right? After losses, guys have really stood by Steve Wilkes. And something Sam Darnold has consistently said is that Steve is very honest with them. Whoops, as I hit my computer. That's really important. I asked Steve yesterday, you know, he's also been a guy who hasn't given up on players. When Shai Smith made mistakes, when Eddie Pinheiro made mistakes, when PJ Walker was horrific against the Bengals, he stood by all three of these guys and look what's happened. They followed through and paid off his decision-making. So I think if you're David Tepper, a guy who was upset about a sea of red in Matt Rule's final regular season game, oh, by the way, uh, Steve Wilkes is 3-0 at home. He's 4-4 four and four in eight games. Matt Rule went 5-11 and 11 and 5-12 and 12 in his first two seasons. Uh, Steve Wilkes, if he can go six and six, I think that's a tremendous job with a, with a roster that he didn't, he didn't really put a stamp on outside of TJ Carey, who they just brought in and, 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 you know, a coaching staff that's not his, uh, you know, really Al Holcomb's and Don Johnson are really the two guys that he has a lot of experience with. Chris Tabor is a guy who's really stepped up as a special teams coach, but other than that, you know, he hasn't been grocery shopping and he's made Scott Fitterer's roster moves and and to an extent Matt Rule's roster moves look pretty shiny. Mike K, Charlotte Observer, covers the Carolina Panthers, joining us here on the OG. He's on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. You know, it's it's interesting, too. You talk about the crowd. Uh, Steve Wilkes has a little bit more gravitas in how he is selling getting people to show up. Like He talked about this yesterday. Pittsburgh it's not that Pittsburgh fans travel. It's just that there's a lot of Pittsburgh transplants in North Carolina. There's a lot of Pittsburgh fans in general who live in North Carolina. So it's not a, a it's not that there's a travel involved here. It's just people showing up using their tickets. So I credit Steve Wilson for just straight up saying, "Look, we're still in this. Show up and let's and let's get this going." Um, my question is: Is is Sam Darnold going to keep showing up? Because we've seen this before with Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. We saw it at the beginning of last year. It looked like it was really going to work out. The schedule was what it was. It was a little scripted, and then the wheels fell off. So now we got bearded Sam Darnold, and things seem to be going in the right direction. 
in the back of my mind, I'm waiting for Sam Darnold to go back to being the Sam Darnold we know he is, turnover prone. How do you see this playing out the rest of the way? Well, I'll tell you, this is the ultimate test for him. I mean, Seattle was a really good test. Seattle was creating turnovers by the by the bulk. Yeah. But the Steelers are tied for second in the league in, in interceptions. I believe they have 14 on the year. Micah Fitzpatrick has four. Levi Wallace has three. So there are guys who can create turnovers. I mean, remember, he almost threw an interception on that seam route down the middle. He was lucky, Tariq Wollum, who – leads who's tied for the league lead in interceptions did, broke that pass up and didn't intercept it. So mm. look, yeah, I, I do think that you have to worry about how he's protecting the ball, but I think he he's very self-aware and I think their strategy is to run the football. They will be able to run the football in the Steelers. And I, I think except, too, except for those four plays on the goal. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, you know, some of those were RPOs. So that's also, I know, I know, I know, I know, well, I know. But, it, but, here, but it's to your point. I think if you're looking at his decision-making with the RPOs, there was a play third and three in the middle of the field where he yes. could have ran for probably 20 yards mm-hmm. um, and gotten a cup of coffee on the way. Uh, there were at least two reads in that four play sequence where he could have ran it in. Um, you know, I got a lot of pushback on this, but he's built like a linebacker. He's six foot three, he's 220 yeah. pounds. I, I saw uh, you, t- I saw you tweet that and I was shocked at how people react. I mean, I know there's, there's, you know, cliches, you know, when, when Sam Darnold runs, he's sneaky athletic, but I mean, come on, it's, it's almost 2023. We know some of these white dudes can run. All right. We, we live in a world of Josh Allen for heaven's sake. So but, come on now. But not only can he run when he can run over people, like yes. there was a linebacker, I think it was Cody Barton that was in his way. Give me the money on the USC <laughs> quarterback. Like, I, I think, I think that's the thing. And I think you're seeing him slowly bring along his confidence um, I believe he only threw 12 passes in the second half of that game. But, man, look, I, I, I've been waiting for somebody other than Deontay Foreman to emerge in this mm. backfield. And I think you saw Chuba Hubbard make some angry runs. Uh, I also think Rasheem Blackshear, uh, I did a story on him coming out of the draft when I wrote, wrote for Pro Football Network. He's a guy who is sneaky versatile. Like, he compared himself to Debo Samuel. And while I, I think that's a little outlandish, he does have some of those traits. Um, you can do a lot of the things that I've seen them do with LaVisca Chanel that I actually think Raheem would be better in that role. Um, they tried to get LaVisca the ball in front of the line of scrimmage. Oh my gosh. So maybe that's something that develops. They're, they're really doing a nice job of utilizing their strength, which is their offensive line. We saw the Arby's package mm-hmm. uh, the other day. I mean, it only gained two yards, but it, it made a big deal because of the name, but um, they've been putting Cade Mays in at fullback. And I actually think that's a really smart look. It's a way of using an extra blocker without actually having to give up what your play is. Um, and, and with that extra help, right? So you don't know where that extra help is coming from. If, if they design the extra help going to the right, okay, well, you're not prepared for that. If they do it going to the left, you're not prepared for that because they're not on the line. And I'm a big fan of fullback usage in general. So I think that's pretty smart. Mike K, Charlotte Observer, covers the Panthers, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. We'll, we'll close on on this. Look, we, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the team that you cover or the team that fans are going to watch on a Sunday-in, Sunday-out basis. And when you kind of take a, a step back and you look at the totality of the NFC, there's a lot of bad teams out there. I mean, the NFC South 
we understand the NFC South is bad, but Jillio had pointed this out in terms of uh, point differentials, which he, he loves to look at those point differentials. There's only four teams with a plus point differential right now um, in the NFC. And sometimes you just have to stay, take a step back and just say, you know what? Relative to everybody else, there's no reason why the Panthers can't make a playoff run here in the remaining four weeks of the season. I'm guessing in the locker room, they, they believe this very thing. Yeah, I think if they face it off against the Vikings, it's going to be very, very interesting because that team is built to play from a finesse standpoint at all three levels on defense. Mm-hmm. Guess who's not a finesse team? Guess who's playing bully ball right now? And that's the Panthers. Listen, I the last game that I covered for Pro Football Network was game two or week two, the Eagles Monday night football game against the Vikings where mm-hmm. they just ran all over them and just destroyed them. The, the Eagles are a legitimate contender. I come from covering them. I covered them for four years. I'm a big believer in Nick Sirianni. I think if I'm Steve with Wilkes, you, if Steve Wilkes isn't the head coach next year, I think the guy who is, is probably their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. But okay. outside of the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys, I see a lot of really flawed teams. The Cowboys too. I mean, look, Houston Cow- was good, Cowboys, right? the Cowboys have two flaws. They, they got an unreliable Dak Prescott, and they also have Mike McCarthy as their head coach. So well, I know be... Jerry Jones is their GM, but yeah, well, there's uh, that too. There's yeah. that too. But but to 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 wrap this all up, I think when you can play bully ball in November and December, you can really play bully ball in January. And mm-hmm. so, with this team believing in itself, and with Steve Wilkes doing what he's doing, uh, especially in this NFC, this version of the NFC. If they can go on a run and they can catch fire at the right time, I mean, look, if they win three of their next four games and get into the playoffs, I I mean, I wouldn't count them out, especially at home, because, you know, Panthers fans are going to be there for a a home playoff game. Yeah, they'll show up for that. They'll show up for that. Mike K, Charlotte Observer covers the Panthers. We appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the best of the OG podcast, Apple, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast, we're there. Five stars only, positive vibes only. Check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, all you gotta do is look up ninety nine nine the fan. I uh, I went and looked at some of our YouTube comments earlier today because uh, Panthers fans are fired up about Steve Wilkes. They're fired up about their playoff chances, and I did not see any insane commentary. I'm very upset about this. I need more people dropping some like. Ovius and Julio are way too hyper-masculine. Toxic. Their toxic masculinity is coming through in the show. Because, yes, when you look up toxic masculinity, you see us, for sure. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I want some more insane commentary. Come on now. Don't disappoint. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.